I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Audio Blog, Episode 97. Welcome to Simply Convivial, where we remember that organization is about our attitudes, expectations, and responses, more than about our closets, cupboards, and calendars. I'm Misty Winkler, wife, homemaker, classical homeschooling mom of five, and I've learned that organization is not about getting ahead, but about just keeping things together. That's not giving up. That's recognizing that God's plan always rightly supersedes my own. In today's episode, we'll discover how to rightly define a productive day and why it's important to give our expectations a reality check. Let's dig in. What makes a productive day? So, last week felt like a rough, terrible week. However, the school checklists did get done, the house hadn't really fallen apart, and we'd had no major disasters. Really, it was a typical week. Why did it feel so bad? This week has already felt pretty good. Even though I am definitely not getting to everything that I think I should be, like exercising, still, most of the school was done and the house hasn't fallen apart. In fact, if you compare the two weeks solely by snapshot and by checklist, they'd look pretty similar. Why did I feel like a failure last week? While this week, I feel like I'm okay in making progress. Feeling productive. Although we think that we want to be productive, what we actually want is to feel productive. Being productive while feeling crummy about it stinks. I don't want groundless feel good, but neglecting the feel good doesn't work either. When productivity feels good, it feels energizing. That energy, in turn, helps us keep going. When productivity feels bad, it feels like walking dead, like the slow sapping of vitality with each check made on the stupid list. So here are a couple reminders that I am jotting down for myself before heading into the next week. One, sleep is a huge factor to the energy and feel-good equation. Sleep simply cannot be ignored or downplayed. And right now, how much sleep I get a night is beyond my control. My job is to take care of the baby and the others, even during the night. However, there are a few factors still in my control, and I have to make good choices if I want to be a good mother during the day and not be a weepy mess at night. Mm, No caffeine after lunch. If I have caffeine after lunch, I wake up more often during the night and have a harder time getting to sleep if I'm woken. Everyone's tolerance to caffeine is different, so pay attention to how much you have and when you have it and make sure you aren't sabotaging yourself. Get to bed before 10. Personally, about 9.30 is my ideal bedtime. I should start getting ready for bed before that so I can actually be in bed at 9.30. This means also not getting sucked into mindless internet surfing or into a novel after the kid's bedtime. Three, be thankful for the sleep I am given rather than grabby about the sleep I did not get. If God providentially arranges all things, which he does, then I can rest assured that I can do what he calls me to, not necessarily all I have listed, with the sleep and the endurance that he provides. 
It would be better to not get any schoolwork or housework done and let the kids read and run wild outside so that I can interact with them peacefully while tired than it would be to get everything checked off while biting the children's heads off simply for being children. Two, pay attention to the voice in my head. A huge part of feeling bad last week and feeling fine this week was simply the story that I was allowing to run wild in my head. Last week it was, yeah, you did sweep the floor, but look at what a huge pile you swept up. Clearly you're a train wreck if the pile on your floor is an inch tall. And sure, you worked one-on-one with everyone in math today, but look at this child's struggle and this one's. If you were doing a better job, the progress would not be so slow and difficult. In other words, for every single positive thing that I really did do, my mind was spinning it into a negative. No wonder I felt run down. This week, with a little more sleep under my belt, my inner narrator simply accepted what I was able to do with a, well, you did what you could. Good job. And look at how the children are getting along. Maybe we're doing all right after all. I know that to help the children progress, I need to support their efforts with encouragement. Do I think I'm too good or too bad for that myself? Three, it's better to stop, pause, and regroup than to push on in negativity. Get a glass of ice water, take a turn about the garden, read a chapter in a book, make a list, pray. Pray not that God would magically take away the difficulty and make my life easier, but pray that God will grow me in this, that I will respond to this situation in faith and trust and not with a stiff neck, because that's a prayer he's told us to pray. That's a prayer he has promised to grant. As Heidelberg question 116 reminds us, why do Christians need to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness that God requires of us, And also because God gives his grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking him for them. Internal negative spiral is a response of the flesh and not a response of God's spirit and of faith. May we each have the courage, the willingness, the meekness to lay down our fleshly responses and to take the time and have the humility to pray rather than fret. God does give grace and strength. In fact, he gives love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The question is, do we actually want them enough to take them up when they are offered? So what makes a productive day? We have things we need to get done every day. We have people we need to build up. We have homes to manage. We have an education to provide. We have good works that God has called us to walk in. A productive day is one where we respond in trust, with steadfastness and faithfulness, to the circumstances that God sends us. That is how he produces in us the fruit of his spirit, which is the productivity that he desires. And that's it for this episode of the Simply Convivial Audio Blog. How many solutions have you hunted for in magazines, online, or with friends only to have them not work for you? Instead of trying to practice other people's solutions, we need to grow our understanding and application of the principles to fit our own lives and needs and callings. 
The primary universal principle for us as Christian homemakers is that our role is not to keep a clean house or have well-behaved children. Our goal is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our job is to love God with all our hearts, souls, mind, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Our homemaking is simply an extension of that basic call, and whatever we do that is not an extension of that basic call is labor spent in vain. Reorient yourself to your role as a homemaker within Simply Convivial Membership, where we apply this principle across the board every time, every day. Visit membership.simplyconvivial.com to learn more.